My, my juices flow all the time. Absolutely, absolutely. You know as much as I know. Right now, we've been able to stuff to stuff. The curse is broken. NC State fans, finally. <laughs> finally. Hey, happy Thanksgiving. I mean, that's a triple play. Wolfpack ain't for soft. It ain't for soft people. You're right, Philip Rivers. Wolfpack ain't for soft people. Truer words have never been spoken because we now have reason number 7,618. MJ Morris on Tuesday decided that he would be redshirting this season, which means after playing in four games and NC State winning three of those games, he will not play in the final three regular season games. That means will not be in Winston-Salem on Saturday afternoon to take on Wake Forest, will not be going to Blacksburg to take on Virginia Tech, and will not close the season against North Carolina the Saturday after Thanksgiving at Carter-Finley Stadium. I think the word that best describes all of this is unusual. I think it is perfectly NC State to be on the cutting edge of the next thing in college sports. Because remember, we have instant replay in football because of T.A. McClendon's goal line play. Because remember, we have the grad transfer rule and was made famous by Russell Wilson, who left NC State and then went to Wisconsin. And now we have players in November deciding to protect their eligibility for name, image, and likeness purposes, which is what MJ Morris is doing, wants that extra year of eligibility. And he's allowed to play in four games, played in the four games. Like I said, helped NC State win three of those games. The timing of this, though, man, it is unusual. It is weird. It is almost, though, perfectly NC State. It was relayed to me early in Boo Corrigan's uh, tenure as NC State's athletic director that he didn't like it when I said that NC State can't have nice things. Well, this is another example. NC State, they thought they had their quarterback of the present. They thought they had their quarterback of the future. They thought they had their starter for the next two years after this. Truth of the matter is, I don't know what to think of the current reasoning given to us by MJ Morris and his family that he wants to keep the extra year, but also wants to stay at NC State. Uh, we'll have a conversation with James Henderson from Inside Pack Sports. We'll talk a little bit about maybe what's going on behind the scenes with this, you know, not only the decision, but the public uh, declaration of that MJ Morris is not leaving NC State. But let's get into some stats because you know I love the stats. And we had four starts from MJ Morris. Seven touchdowns, five interceptions, only completed 55% of his passes. Let's compare that to Brandon Armstrong in five games. Five touchdowns, six interceptions. So fewer touchdowns, more interceptions, and completed 57% of his passes. Not a huge difference there. NC State three and two in those games. I will say the quality of teams that M NC State beat with MJ Morris at quarterback, definitely in his favor. I will also say after the loss to Louisville, the bad interceptions in that game by Brennan Armstrong, I think by putting MJ Morris into the lineup and making the switch then saved the season. So I do think the locker room wanted MJ Morris 
as the quarterback. I think they rallied around that decision, even if he didn't play great, although his best game was the first game against Marshall. I think you can give him credit for all of those things, but I don't know if that's going to save him with his teammates now that they're entering the most important part of their schedule. You know, let's be perfectly honest. These games against Wake Forest, the game against North Carolina, those are the two biggest games rivalry-wise on NC State's schedule. The the ACC killed the, the game with Duke and Clemson, you know, up until the last, in the last three years, NC State's got two wins in three years. It's a game NC State just couldn't win. So it's a credit to him that he helps the team beat Clemson. It's a credit to him that he helps the team to beat Miami. When I say help, you know, not turning the ball over, not making mistakes, that that is a big part of what has helped NC State turn this thing around. Because quite frankly, I had planned on talking this week about how NC State went from four and three and, and seemingly staring at a, a season where they would win four or five games and we would be having long conversations about Dave Doran, what he is and what he isn't after year 11. Quite frankly, we've had a few of these, few of those already on this podcast. But instead, NC State, after, after the week off, Dave Doran, after and I've been crediting his messaging, which you know now he's going to not get a lot of credit for that because of what's going to happen this week. But I thought after the the loss to Duke, the season was in 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 a in a DEFCON one situation, and you still want to give credit to Dave Doran for what they did in that open date to go in, fix the offensive line the best that they could, to fine tune the play calling, stop with the you know let's get it to Keon Lassane on a on a downfield you know go route to a five eight receiver on the outside. Let's you know really start focusing on Kevin Concepcion and making sure that he is our best player, he is our fastball, and that he is taken care of. These are all things that have mattered and helped NC State. Cutting down on the penalties on the offensive side, for sure. Cutting down on those turnovers, for sure. And then the defense. The defense. I want to talk a little bit about the defense here just for one second because I think this is probably the key going forward. The key for me on the defense is simple. Turnovers. Two interceptions against Clemson, including the pick six, which ends up being the difference in that game. And then three interceptions against Miami. I thought Aiden White's interception in the end zone ends up being the difference in that game. Yes, final score, a little bit more out of reach than just the one score that it was indicated. You know, but it's 7-6, State's clinging to this thing, and Aiden White comes up with an interception in the end zone. I, I thought the way that they've played in these last two games is sustainable. Now the question is, is that sustainable without MJ Morris? I think we'll find out. And I also think the coaching staff knew that Morris was potential. This was something that could potentially happen and not just conversations with his family. Because if you think about it, Brendan Armstrong had one carry against Marshall. He had one series against Clemson. He ends up with three carries uh, rushing the football. Against Miami, he had eight carries for 51 yards. So <laughs> whether they knew MJ was definitely going to shut it down or not, they got Brendan Armstrong more involved in this Miami game than at any point that he had during the four games that he didn't start. So I think you add this all up again. Unusual situation. Again, a cutting edge for NC State that, as I say, uh, tongue-in-cheek. But this is going to be a challenge for Dave Doran and his program because culture is, is what they pride themselves on. Finding players, developing players, retaining players. 
And losing a guy who you have made your starter or that you've had success with in this stretch and seemingly were thinking was someone you could build around over the next two years, that's 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 gonna be tough to kind of take and move it move it forward because the again, the messaging is always what hurts NC State in these situations. But they get Wake Forest on Saturday where they're actually a favorite. Um I did not pick NC State to beat Clemson. I did not pick NC State to beat Miami. When I come back, I'm going to give you my pick for Wake Forest. But first, let's talk about the best way for you to enjoy your tailgate. Do you know what that is? Wings over Raleigh. Right there, Hillsborough Street, right across from UT. Wingsover.com. Order. Ryan Malley's got number one great wings. Number two, great wing flavor options. Number three, free parking. Yep. Right there, you know how important that is on Hillsborough Street. Right there on Hillsborough Street. Order online, wingsover.com. Go pick it up. Tell them that Law of the Wolf sent you, the OG sent you. Appreciate everyone who's gone over there. Appreciate everyone who's just realized, hey, you guys don't miss on your food recommendations. Wings over, add it to the list, and make sure you are the star of your tailgate. Do you know who is the star of his tailgate every single week in the RV lot? Hayes Lancaster. Mosquito Authority, Pest Authority. You're, I know you're thinking here, Joe. Hey, the bugs, it's cold. Don't worry about it. No. Think about the dry spaces you're trying to store things for the winter. Maybe it's under your house. Don't want mold. You don't want mildew. Not just because you're trying to put a lawnmower under there or some old clothes. You want to make sure you protect the value of your house. Those are things you don't want to deal with, mold or mildew. The 360 moisture barrier is a game changer. So it's go to bugsbite.com. Check out all of the different options that they have. Punch in your zip code. You're going to see some ways to save some money. But trust me, I have the 360 moisture barrier under my house. Uh, My house was built in 2005. I have a fairly good-sized crawl space there. It's really a walk-in space. So I definitely needed the help from moisture of... I definitely needed the help from Mosquito Authority, Pest Authority. Also, I had some mice because when it gets cold, the mice want to go up in the attic. Well, Mosquito Authority, Pest Authority took care of those too. So in short, help yourself, help protect your home. Check them out. It's bugsbite.com. For those who are watching on YouTube, I'm going to let Kelly Fitzgerald handle this part of the ad for Home Field Apparel. Because if when you look at these new satin jackets that Home Field Apparel has, you are going to be in love. They've got the slobbering wolf on the red satin. You can't beat it. Check it out. Do what Kelly did. Punch in that code OG23. Save yourself 15%. Yeah, check out that slobbering wolf. Red with those white buttons. Very, very nice. Go to homefieldapparel.com. Order your own. And again, use that promo code OG23. Save yourself some money and get yourself a sweet swagged out jacket just in time for the basketball season. All right, I mentioned I was going to do a prediction for this game. I've had some fun through the years making a predictions for this specific game in Winston-Salem. I'm going to show you a clip, thanks to Ethan Hyman, from the News and Observer, from our work in 2019. My Maybe my finest work. You'll, you'll enjoy uh, my hairstyles for sure. Before I do that, though, the basketball season opened up 
And I had every intention to have Scott Wood on this week to get us into our regular weekly pattern of Law of the Wolf with the Wolfpack great Scott Wood. He even did the game on Monday. He was on the call for NC State's win over the Citadel uh, State win 72-59. He was on the call for ESPN+. Plus. So really looking forward to having Scott on on a regular basis on Law of the Wolf. As you could might imagine with the news with MJ Morris decided, all right, you got to pivot sometimes. So we will have that conversation with James Henderson from Inside Back Sports. We'll talk more about the MJ Morris situation, but I do want to get on the record. One of my great, great moments in prediction history, which was from before 2019. All right, let's, let's take a look. And uh, yeah, I'm just going to duck my head in shame right now. This says, open before 2019 state wake game. Dear 2019 Joe, do not, under any circumstance, pick NC State to beat Wake Forest. Yours truly, 2018 Joe. What though? I've never picked NC State to beat Wake Forest. That Ryan Finley will have a bounce back effort. I think the Wolfpack wins a wild one. 38-35. Paying back last year's bitter loss in Winston-Salem. I think you'll see a motivated Wolfpack. I think you'll see a high-flying Wolfpack under the lights. I've got 45-31. Oh, those games. The Deeks are always the spoiler, even if you change the roles. It's not going to happen for the Wolfpack on Saturday. This has got the Deeks in a walk. 38-17. Check out all our coverage. Newsobserver.com. You see, though, that, that's a great reminder. Sometimes you got to go back and learn from your mistakes. Don't pick NC State in Winston-Salem. We all know that NC State has won once at Winston-Salem since 2001. That was in 2015. So Dave Doran does have a win there. But Philip Rivers lost there in 03. Russell Wilson lost there in 09. Mike Lennon lost there in 2011. To the 2017 team was the one that was Dave Doran's best team. They had a chance to win 10 games. They lose on a goal line play where Omeka Mezzi fumbles. Did he or didn't? We don't know. Uh, that had the added bonus of Tabari Hines playing the game of his life and then transferring to NC State in 2019. And speaking of 2019, they lost there as well. And then the game in 2021 cost NC State the division title. As some of you correctly pointed out, the Miami game was not what cost State. It was the weight game was a winner take all. So my prediction for this game, these teams started playing in 1895. The first game was the score was four to four. I would have been interested to see how that came about. 1933, they had a zero zero tie. I don't know. I, I have a theme here. I think this one's going to be low scoring. Uh, in, in 1923, it was a 14 nothing game. So Maybe these 23s, 33s, 23 was uh, down in Winston. Well, it was against Wake Forest. It wasn't down in Winston-Salem. So it was at Wake Forest, which at the time was uh, close here to Raleigh in the Triangle. So let's go. I said I picked against State against Clemson. I picked against State against Miami. So let me pick against State again. Let me take Wake to win a low-scoring, ugly game 13 to 10. 13 to 10. All right, mark it down, keep it. Maybe we'll open the envelope next year. Uh, but that's my prediction for this week. And again, looking forward to getting to basketball season. Uh, was over at the opener on Monday night. Um, guess what? DJ Burns is still a lot of fun. Guess what? DJ Burns can still score the basketball too. 
leads them with 16 points. I thought Michael O'Connell, their transfer from Stanford, big difference in that game. Seven assists, no turnovers. He had five turnovers in the uh, exhibition game against Mount Olive. So good to see Michael O'Connell, 25 minutes in that game. I don't think he's going to score 14 points a lot, but I know that Kevin Keyes will take that 7-0 assist to turnover ratio. Now, let's sell a few ads here right now because, you know, I like to keep the lights on in, in this business. And you know who can help you put the lights on in your new home? Hometown Realty. That's right. MyHTR.com. Okay. Don't take one of these silly guaranteed offers. Don't sell yourself short. Go with the experts. Go with the family of brokers at Hometown Realty. They have six locations from here to the coast. They have more than 250 agents. Do you think you have more than 200 to get 200 more than 250 agents by just being okay? No, you get that way by being great. Hometown Realty is just that. So check them out. It's myhtr.com. And as we all know, once we do my HTR, of course, of course, we're going to my friends at Whitaker and Hamer, Josh Whitaker, Joe Hamer, Josh Whitaker, a huge state fan. Yeah, state fan. That's a lawyer. My goodness, Jillio. That's amazing. Yeah, you should support Josh. You should support Joe, even though he is a Duke fan, but we'll let him slide on that. Whitaker and Hamer, they have the world's greatest URL, wh.lawyer. If you're going to close on a house, if you're selling a business, any kind of contract issues you have or family law, Check them out again, the world's greatest URL, wh.lawyer. And you already know what I did before the OG tailgate. I went over to the breeze through right there on the corner of Edwards Mill and Trinity. Can't miss it. They have the best dark roast coffee in town. Even better, you can get it at all times, unlike certain chains where they only sell dark roast in the morning. Huh? That's a bonus. Maybe you're going to tailgate for the Carolina game. Get your ice, get your beers, get your coffee, get those uh, high-protein snacks, get those salty snacks. They've got it all. They also, they also have great new hats. Gas station beer. Yes, get yourself one of those hats. Breeze through. Big thanks to Adam and his crew over at Breeze Through. Couldn't do what we do without him. Joining me now on the Heaster Automotive Group Hotline, James Henderson, Inside Pack Sports. Svenge, as I like to call you, the Svengali. We've been doing this a long time. We, we've been covering NC State for a long time and covering college sports for a long time. I feel like this MJ Morris story is new even for us. And I'm curious just your general reaction to what had happened when they make the decision, that the MJ and his family make the decision to redshirt and not play in the final three regular season games. Yeah, I mean, I was shocked by it. You know, we, we've, we've not seen this happen before. And I know the example I was given was De'Eric King a few years back at, at Houston, who eventually ended up in Miami. But I think it's a little different in that De'Eric was proven. We kind of knew he was probably looking to go P5, would have those options, et cetera. Whereas with MJ, he's not proven. He hasn't been playing well. And I don't know what his options would be. So you would think, You've got a guy who which should still, and the, those around him should feel like he's competing for his job at NC State, much less anywhere else. So to make that decision, I, uh, yeah, it shocked me a little bit. So you actually were one of the first to have this idea that there have been conversations ongoing between MJ's family and MJ and the coaching staff that, hey, this is still a possibility MJ could choose to redshirt or, or not play these last three games 
to preserve that extra year of eligibility. So how far back does this go in, in with some of the stuff that you've put up on, on IPS? Yeah. You know, I first started hearing about it Sunday after the uh, Clemson win. And, okay. you know, you, even then you hear that you're, you're kind of caught off guard a little bit. Um, and as that week, you know, as we went through that week, I, I put, I kind of referenced it a little bit on our message boards where I just said, Hey, you know, just a reminder, he's got one game left that he can play before he red shirts, you know, folks kind of treated it the way we're treating this now. Like, why would that even be a discussion mm-hmm. point? Right. And so kind of behind the scenes, I was hearing it was one of those deals where it's like, maybe, well, let's get through Miami, see what happens, go from there. State wins my wins the Miami game. You wake up on Sunday, you're still technically in, in the mix for Charlotte. And so my thought process then is, well, if you're you know in the race for 10 wins at Charlotte, you're starting right yeah. like there's still stuff to play for um it, it wouldn't make much sense to me so then monday you hear where well, this is going to happen and now it becomes wow you know and that's where the shocked element is because even if you hear the rumblings you think you know and you know this too i'm sure you're, you would think this like with the with the nil element that could come around you would think something might be resolved to where even if there was rumblings of it it gets kind of set aside or, right. or calmed etc and I think there were some 11th hour conversations there. Um, DR King, though, was the first four games of the season. Uh, exactly. That's another difference. So this happening so late, it, that's the one that's kind of throwing me off because also DR King was clearly leaving Houston. And that's where I'm confused. And I was confused when this was originally explained to me that the family believes that he can redshirt and stay at NC State. Now, I mean, you, you and I, we we understand how the NC State fan base works, and and we could have predicted the reaction yesterday the, by a handful of people that it was going to be extreme, and I think it was. I tried my best to not get in there because it, it just felt like people were going to have a visceral, visceral reaction to it. But I, that's the part where I'm still trying to wrestle with, like, they can't possibly think that one of their real options is staying at NC State if he doesn't play against Wake Forest and North Carolina. Like that, that can't be in their thought process. Yet it seems like that is what they're trying to articulate. It it wouldn't add up to me. And you know how important you know we can argue or debate a lot of things about NC State's football program, but culture is one of the things they often stress over there. And, yeah. and rightfully so, you know, that's something they hang their hat on. Hallmark, um, yeah. yeah. And so to, to make this decision in that locker room, maybe it gets handled differently in other locker rooms, but to make this decision in that locker room, I would be shocked if he has the option to be the starter next year. Now, if you're NC state, maybe you say you could come back, but we're going to go and get a starter in the, tra- in the transfer portal. Like I just do not see that being an option because the other thing is I always view this, these, remaining games for Morris. And the crazy thing is you mentioned De'Ari King starting the first four games and making that decision. Morris theoretically could play eight games now that state's bowl eligible mm-hmm. this year. I mean, eight games is a, is a lot. <laughs> you know, it's not like they're asking. It'd be one thing, right? If this was the, you know, this game against Wake was the final game of the season, for instance, and you don't want to play five. You uh, only want to play four. Yeah. Right. Eight games is a lot. So I also thought he was 
competing and trying to prove that he should be the guy next year. Like maybe they think he should be automatically, you know, I don't think that question has been answered. I don't know where you're at on that. Like I haven't seen enough from MJ Morris where I would say he's NC state starter next year, because I'm not a, I'm not a QB wins guy. Like I think yeah. NC state at right now is winning Green in spite one. of him. Yeah. <laughs> They're winning in spite of him, you know, or carrying him. And that's fine. It happens sometimes for young quarterbacks. But I just don't think I've seen enough to commit to him that way. And if you're NC State, what's to say something doesn't come along this time next year and something like this happens, right? Like there's – Yeah, I will say it, in his it, defense, I know I'm not a big QB wins person either. I do think putting him in the lineup was the spark, helped 100%. You know, the locker room at the time after the Louisville loss. I, I will say that. Oh, I agree. My, now, my question is, does that travel on the road this time? You know, because one of the things we talked about yesterday, he's only made one road start in his career. Yeah. And, it, and it was a Duke game where State scored three points. And now you've got to go to Wake Forest. You've got to go to Virginia Tech. You come home with North Carolina. Personally, for me, I didn't see this thing ending well for NC State with the way it was trending with MJ Morris. That's just me. Mm -hmm. uh, I think Armstrong, I think NC State's figured some things out offensively in terms of how to use Kevin Concepcion how how to kind of maybe build a run game off of that to where I think Armstrong actually would have a better a better chance to lead them to a win on the road than than Morris would personally. And so I think it's going to be short term a, a good decision for NC State. But yeah, to answer your question about what they're saying, it's almost kind of like to me one of those, I think someone's playing a game of chicken here. Yes. Because it's like, right. you know, I, I think Morris's family's hoping NC State says you, you can't come back. Because then that takes pressure off them. Yeah. Right. And then NC State's vice versa. They're like, well, if you're telling us you're redshirting and you're not transferring, let's see if you will do that. So it's kind of like who cracks first, right? I, th I think that's, for me, where I think it is. I think the coaching staff was well aware of this, too. And yeah. if you're like, well, no, that's just a rumor or whatever. No, sir. Uh, Marshall, we saw the, the the infamous goal line package for Brendan Armstrong where he's booed or isn't booed or the coach is booed. I don't know. There's, there were boos. Clemson, he had three carries, five yards. All of a sudden, last week, he had eight carries for 50 yards. <laughs> so they knew <laughs> that yeah. this was in play, uh, getting Brennan some more reps. And even if they were in the uh, backfield with MJ Morris, um, you cover this stuff uh, closer than I do. Did they have another quarterback on the roster if something happens to Brennan? I think the backup is walk on Ethan Rhodes right now. Okay. And, um, I, I, you know, I think if you're NC State, you're hoping like hell you get through these next three games with Armstrong healthy, which I think is the ironic thing about what we were you were just saying because, to me, it almost makes me think, Maybe they would have did something differently if they knew, because, you know, one of the topics we discussed yesterday was the way they've used Armstrong. It hadn't been kind of the safest from a health standpoint, right? right? Like, I mean, you've been kind of running them out there. And I, I just think they felt like, you know, having his run game, I mean, as of right now, he's still leading them in rushing. So having him as a runner helped them win those games. And But you're right. I mean, I think they clearly, like if we're hearing this stuff a week ago, they're hearing it probably a week or so. They're hearing something probably even way before that, right? So they definitely knew this was a legitimate possibility. I think um, maybe maybe the angle would have been different if you didn't beat Clemson, didn't beat Miami, where maybe you've got less to play for. Maybe it's it's kind of handled a little differently by everybody. 
you know, because I think even NC State, maybe if you're not with yeah. anything left to play, you may be open to just saying, okay, let's shut him down. We'll go Armstrong, finish out the year. He can redshirt. But you, you know, that's not the case. You're still competing for 10 wins in a, in a, in a conference appearance, conference title appearance. The way the defense has played has improved. I feel like they've cleaned up a lot of the busted long runs that we've seen. That that's gone a long way. I feel like Sean Brown, there have been some other players up front who have really kind of stepped up their game and the defense looks kind of what we thought it could be going into the year. Do you think this team is the same over these next three games with or without MJ Mars? You're you're asking the wrong guy, man. <laughs> because because I like I, I know this well, I mean, they've, won these last, they've won these I, last few games a very specific way. So that's kind of yeah. what no, 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 no. I'm with you. I, I think the number one key for NC State with Armstrong or Morris is you have to have positive game flow. And what I mean by that is their defense is so good. If they get up 10-3 or 13-7 on a team, they legitimately can win the game without scoring again offensively. Right now. Out of the thing. Yeah. Yes. And so to me, like that's what you saw these two weeks is you saw NC State get up on Clemson, get up on Miami, turn the game over to their defense. Now, the 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 Duke game. Duke jumps out to a 10-3 lead. MJ Morris has to throw it 40 times. You end up losing 24-3. So I think the defense is certainly good enough to win these next three games for him. It's just a matter of whether it was Armstrong or Morris allowing positive game flow, finding a way to get a touchdown or two early, and then just kind of holding, you know, holding the opposition off. I think that's their game plan. If they fall behind the wake this weekend at wake this weekend, 13-3. I don't see them winning that game, whether it's MJ or Armstrong, because you're right. I think this is a defensive mind. You know, Dave's teams, they're, they're going to be built around their defense. I mean, this is a defensive minded program. It's built around the defense. You got to put that to you, but you got to get them a lead to where they're a factor because we saw at Duke. I mean, once Duke got up, they just ran the ball. They, they, they threw it 12 times that game. They had no interest in trying to do anything. Do you think any of this changes how NC state goes about, how they use the portal, it changes how they go about maybe the players that they have in their program that they want to keep and protect. You know, let's say if Kevin Concepcion had said, hey, I'm not playing anymore because I'm going to go cash out and I want to go get a payday somewhere else. Does that, if we change who the player is, does that change how we're kind of reacting to this? Again, since this is all very new, you know, I don't I don't know. I don't think so. I mean, you saw something kind of similar prior to Virginia when Jordan Houston yeah. went in the portal, you know, had a year left. Um, he kind of was on the four game track we were talking about with Derek King earlier. I'm actually interested to see if what happened with Armstrong changes the way they use the portal, you know, yeah. in terms of a one year grad transfer guy it just really didn't work out. Do you try and go and get someone with multiple years? You know, you, there's the, the odd thing about it is, man, when I look across the league, the teams who've taken guys with multiple years have seemed to have some solid success, whether it was Castellanos at Boston College or Haynes King at Georgia Tech. I mean, those guys have been revelations. And knowing now with this two-time waiver, you basically aren't getting it approved. You kind of have your guy for two or three years. Like yeah. you talk about a team who hit the jackpot, Boston College. You know, they got a true sophomore now who's locked in there until he graduates. And so can't graduate, can't get it. Yeah, it can't go anywhere. Yeah, so if you're NC State, do you come out of this year saying, you know what, maybe grad transfer is not the right option. Maybe it's multi-year guy 
And so I think that's the thing with, with the, I just believe the Moore situation is very unique for some reason, maybe something else is going on that we don't know about publicly, you know, maybe, um, yeah, I, I don't really know. Yeah, I'm, sure why. Don't have, I'm sure we don't yeah. have anything. And I I'm, mean, sure, I'm sure the dialogue between MJ's family and the coaching staff goes back to when Brennan was brought in and when Anai was hired. Like, I don't doubt all of these things. I, I do question how, and I did at the time, question how NC State's kind of handled it and messaged it. And they're going to have to deal with it this week. And I knew what was going to happen this week was they weren't going to say anything because remember the Sun Bowl where everybody yeah. and their mother knew Bradley Chubb wasn't playing in the Sun Bowl, <laughs> but they refused to say that Bradley Chubb wasn't playing because they felt it was some sort of competitive advantage that that Arizona State with no coach was somehow going to get one over on them that if they knew that Bradley Chubb wasn't playing. So I, I understand their mindset, but it's going to be interesting to see how they kind of handle the messaging on while well, Dave will talk Thursday. Yeah. And then Saturday after the game, maybe he'll he'll be able to expand a little bit more. Uh, it's a tough situation. I mean, I, I like you said, the culture at NC State actually is their strength. And I said, you know, Dave's strength has been identifying players, developing players, and and retaining players. You know, think about how many players you know that don't go into the portal or haven't yeah. gone into the portal for state. So that is a strength. So I think it is a, a tough spot for them to be in. But I, I like your point there. I do think there is a little bit of chicken going on. It's like, okay, well. You say you're staying well. <laughs> you right. want to be the bad guy, or do you want to be the bad guy? Right, because if you're if you're MJ and his family, I mean, they have to know if he goes into the portal. I mean, there, there's going like if I'm an outside program, I'm going to investigate what's going on here. Yeah, why would a guy quit with things on the line? Why would he stop playing for you, et cetera, et cetera? And and so I think they want to maybe put that on NC State to make that decision. And I think NC State saying, "Well, really, we really don't have to make the decision. We'll get through the year." You don't have to play. We'll let you do that. Yeah, see what happens. I, I I did not have a problem with them bringing in Armstrong. Um, I thought the injury to MJ last year was unfortunate because he did. I didn't fully believe and he got a chance to prove. Game. Yeah, yeah, he he didn't prove. I mean, he made two starts. You can't go into twenty four or twenty three this year with him being your starter after making two starts. It's the same reason why I think it was actually a, this. All of this ends up to be a blessing in disguise. I think for NC State and maybe for MJ because if Armstrong was great. We never see MJ this year. What do you do? Like, if you're NC State, what do you do in the offseason? Yeah. Are you coming back with him as your just starter, not knowing if he's good or not? And, like, now I think at least they've got some sort of answer to that up to this point of what they can or can't do based on his performance. And so, um, yeah, I believe they know. I, I count on you to find the positives in all situations. There you go. You just did it. You just did it. Uh, give us the give us the website, all those good things. You do such a great job covering up all this, covering all this stuff and keeping everybody updated. Yeah, man, you can find us at uh, InsidePackSports.com on Twitter. I still call it Twitter, Joe. I'm yeah, sure me too. Call it. Yeah, okay. <laughs> at InsidePackSport. I'm not a big Instagram guy. I'm kind of too old for that. So, you know, Twitter and uh, the website, InsidePackSports.com. Appreciate it. James Henderson, appreciate your time. Check them out, InsidePackSports.com. Wolfpack ain't for soft, it ain't for soft people.